Hey guys, it's Ed, coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. I am like super tired. Um, so last night I recorded, obviously, and I forgot I had set my alarm to wake me up early today. So, um, I only got a few hours of sleep. Um, so yeah, um, I'm back less than 24 hours after I posted the last episode because there's some more juicy gossip for you. Um, part of that is Chris Pratt and Catherine Schwarzenegger are engaged. Now, it seems like they're the next Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. But they're not. <laughs> At least not in the sense of they've only been together for two weeks. They've been together a couple months now. Um, I didn't really think that they were that serious, though. But um, Chris is part of the Hillsong cult. Uh, church, excuse me. Um, and, you know, you... I, I'm not even going to apologize for that because Hillsong is a cult. Do your research. I'm I'm putting together an investigative report right now on them. Um, you know, and most people are like, oh, you should try to publish it in the New York Times. Look, I'm just trying to get a local paper to pick it up, okay? If I can get the West Side Rag to pick it up, I'll be happy. Um... Given that Hillsong is a, a, a big name, I can probably get a gossip site or, like, Huffington Post to pick it up with enough um, backup data. Um, but I just want to get paid for it. <laughs> Anyways, this is not about Hillsong. This is about Chris Pratt and Catherine Schwarzenegger. Um, the reason why I brought up Hillsong, though, is because um, I actually went to their church um, with a former friend of mine who was part of the cult, now, um, I, I went a couple times with her. The music is great. Um, the speakers are really effective. But there's just something that doesn't quite mesh well. Um, <clears throat> but one of their big things is, um... They're very heteronormative, and they very much believe um, that everyone should be married. Um, Chris Pratt just finalized his divorce to Anna Ferris like two minutes ago. Um, I kid. It was it was in June of last year, so it's like the dude can't be single for more than like five minutes before he jumps into a new relationship and before he's getting married to somebody else. Um, and, and, you know, and that's not even the scandalous part of this whole thing. The horrible part is Catherine Schwarzenegger doesn't even seem to like him. Our friends over at Blind Gossip ran an item um, in August. You know, you can just hear Will screaming at me that if I had production notes. Um, in July of last year... Um, <clears throat> that Catherine 
like the idea of of dating a big time movie star and someone who was incredibly popular because it meant lots of money, lots of press, you know, lots of fame for her. But she also said that Chris Pratt was like dating a 10-year-old in a 40-year-old man's body. And I'm just trying to picture what that sex looks like because I have to be intellectually stimulated by somebody before I can go to bed with them. Now, that's not always the case. And, you know, sometimes you're drunk and sometimes, you know, you just need it. But if if I'm dating someone and they're acting like a child, like a, like a petulant child, then the zest goes out. Just ask he who must not be named. You know, the zest went out of our, our sex life very fast. Um, because he always acted like a petulant child who needed to get what he wanted. Um, when he wanted it, and if he didn't, there was hell to pay. Um, anyways, congratulations to the happy couple, I guess. We're gonna see how this one plays out. I'm gonna go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So... I don't know what it is with these celebrities that take a break from social media. Like, I mean, I get being burnt out on it, and I guess I'm in a little bit different position because so much of my livelihood depends on it. Um, not just my main gig, but um, my writing the, po- the um, drunk gossip itself. You know, if if I don't promote it, I don't get sponsorships, and if I don't get sponsorships, I don't eat. And I like to eat. <laughs> um... So I I just don't understand why um, so many people take breaks from it. You know, there are some days where I post more. Um, today I posted a shit ton of stuff, um, including an article that I wrote about AOC. Um, tomorrow I already have planned... Um, a post about Aaron Burr. And again, like I said, my main gig, I do social media. I manage social media accounts for small businesses. Um, but that's just my story. Like, that's just what I do. Selena Gomez last year, um, last last September, decided she needed to take a break from social media for a while because... Um, there was too much negativity, too much going on. Justin Bieber was getting married or not married to Haley Baldwin. And there was just a lot of drama going on for her. Well, she posted, she finally came back to Instagram today um, with a picture and she said, It's been a while, which, by the way, whenever I hear it's been a while, my mind always starts playing Break the Ice by Britney. <laughs> That's how programmed I am. Um, anyways, it's been a while since you have heard from me, but I wanted to wish everyone a happy new year and to thank you for your love and support. Last year was definitely a year of self-reflection, challenges, and growth. It's always those challenges which show you who you are and what you were capable of overcoming. Trust me, it's not easy, but I am proud of the person I am becoming and look forward to the year ahead. Love you all. 
it's a very simplistic, very sweet message. Um, from someone who has managed fame on a decent level for a very long time. Um, she's no Miley Cyrus. Miley literally um, is probably the the most well-adjusted child star around there. Um, Selena Gomez, not so much. Um, but it, it's good that she's kind of bouncing back. Um, the, the the biggest difference between Selena and Miley is Miley played with her image. When she decided she wanted to break free of Disney um, and go hardcore adult, she just did it out in the public. She didn't give a fuck. Um, Selena tried to hide it and let the scandal grow. Um, I think that's the biggest difference. Um, but <clears throat> getting back to more Selena stuff, there was a blind item on Crazy Days and Nights yesterday um, that talked about how um, she's getting her life back together and her bestie, Taylor Swift, has actually hired bodyguards for her to help keep Justin Bieber away from her because everyone recognizes that Justin Bieber is like this horrible, horrible influence on her. And even though he's a horrible, horrible influence, she can't quit him. And, you know, it it was rumored for a while that um, Taylor had kicked Selena out of the squad, but it it's seeming more like um not so much that she got kicked out of the squad, but more along the lines of Taylor was issuing some tough love, and now that Selena's coming around and and doing much better, it's more like okay, now I got you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure you're okay. And whatever bad things can be said about Taylor Swift, so sorry, Mandy. Um, whatever bad things that can be said about Taylor Swift, she is, for all intents and purposes, a, a good friend who will stand up for her friends, stand up for her squad, um, and, and fight for what she believes in. And Mandy is now mad at me, so I'm going to go and talk to her and try to make her not mad at me anymore. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, one of the things I really just love to do um, is just imagine some of these stories that I read on the gossip blogs. um, And that that I really do research. Um... Jokes about productions and everything said, I really do do the research. I really do invest my time into coming at you with informed stories. Um, but and one of the things I like to do is I just like to um, play out how um, Jackie Collins would write certain um, storylines. And this is one that, like... Daytime TV has always fascinated me. I've always loved it. Um, One Death to Live. 
um, is based on a soap opera cliche. Um, eventually I'm going to get around to writing, um, good morning drama. It's just, it keeps, uh, the, the whole plot line keeps shifting on me because there's so much drama during the day. Um, and, and that's where I'm going to bring in our newest, um, ongoing story. So it seems like there's a feud developing between Steve Harvey and Kelly Clarkson. Now, for those of you who don't know, in September, um, NBC Universal and Kelly Clarkson announced the Kelly Clarkson show. It's going to be a daytime show, um, and since it's a NBC Universal production, um, NBC owned and operated stations across the country. Um, automatically bought it. And they scheduled it in Steve Harvey's time slot. Now, this has nothing to do with Kelly. She doesn't... All she's doing is trying to make a living. No one really should be pissed off about that. Um, Steve Harvey seems to be, though. Um, and to be fair, he he is aiming a lot of his ire at um, the executives because he's like, they should have come to talk to me. I thought we were going to go on. You know, I've been good business for them, whatever. And it's true. Um, his new talk show, Steve, along with the Ellen DeGeneres show, are the only two talk shows to show an increase in their ratings. But what he's failing to tell you is, yes, there's been an increase in the ratings, but his new show is super expensive. Um, the Steve Harvey show was, I don't want to say stupid cheap, but it was it was um, a lot less money and came with a lot less drama. See, Steve Harvey is his own canon of drama. Um... And so, there's the, there's this whole, um, he's really upset that he's getting, and he took aim at, at the Clay Clarkson show saying it's not selling as well as, as they thought it would. It's been cleared in 92% of the country. What that means is there are very, very few places in the United States where you will not be able to watch the Kelly Clarkson show. And in those areas where it's not cleared, it's expected to um, get a distribution deal. And I think what he was hoping to do is create a narrative in the press um, that would help him keep his time slot, but that's not going to happen because the whole thing here is Steve Harvey isn't owned by NBC. So yes, they're going to yank his show. Even if somehow he ends up staying with NBC, he's not going to get the lead-in spot to Ellen. He They'll put him somewhere else. I think the most likely thing that happened here is ABC comes to the rescue, 
picks up Steve, cancels that god-awful mess that um, Michael Strahan and Sarah Haynes are hosting. Good morning, America, afternoon, or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Um, I can see them clearing the deck, putting Steve in at 1 o'clock, leading into General Hospital and leading out of the news. Um, because Steve Harvey has a great relationship with ABC, where he hosts, um, Family Feud Celebrity Edition. And I would not be surprised if they didn't make a play for, um, Family Feud and brought that over and maybe did a double pump of, um, Steve Harvey, you know, maybe, maybe... 12.30's um, Family Feud, 1 o'clock Steve, 2 o'clock General Hospital. And I am done being a programmer. We're going to continue to watch the feud develop between Kelly Clarkson and Steve Harvey, and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, as I was talking about before, um, I, I love to read all of this stuff and just kind of weave my imagination in and out here and there. And um another of the things I've been reading about is of course the R. Kelly stuff. I don't know anyone who is not aware of the R. Kelly stuff at this point. If you're not, essentially um he's being accused of rape and sexual assault. Um on minor women, on minor girls, I shouldn't call. Um, and a lot of the people who supported him are being called out for for that support. Um, and one of the, one of the most prominent people, especially right now, is Lady Gaga. So why is Lady Gaga one of the more prominent people at this point. The the short answer is she is fully expected to um, pick up a ton of acting awards for her um, turn in A Star is Born um, leading up to an Oscar nomination and at one point she was the front runner to actually take home the gold. But now... She's becoming enveloped in the the scandal and the drama that is this R. Kelly thing. And she's seeing her fortunes um, slowly slipping away. So what's happening? Um, the, the simple answer here is... Um, she, she made a song with him when she did our pop called Do What You Want. Um, and basically the song is Gaga telling R. Kelly that he's going to rape her anyway and she doesn't really care. Um, she's not going to, he's not going to have her heart. He's not going to have her mind. So he can take whatever he wants from her body. Um... There was a whole video shot, um, and depending on who you believe, um, 
some say she scrapped it herself after um, a contentious meeting with R. Kelly. And others say, no, the production, um, the record company shelved it because they didn't want to release it as a single. Whatever the case, that song has come back and is now tainting A Star is Born and really dimming her chances of a win. And who's benefiting from this? Glenn Close. See, Glenn Close was not... She was in the mix, but she was not... She was like a dark horse. And suddenly... She is beating Gaga at the Golden Globes. She is... Um, tying with her at the SAG Awards. So what is, what is going to happen come Oscars? A lot of people are saying... That unless Gaga can change the conversation... Um, she will be nominated for an Oscar because um, her performance was transformative. Um, and anyone who ever doubts that Gaga has talent need only watch her perform live. Um, there is no doubt that the woman has more talent in her pinky than most of us have in our entire bodies. But talent alone is not going to win. There's a lot of politics that go into winning an Oscar. And you have to play the game. And you, in order to play the game, you have to know what the, that game is. So to the end, Gaga has already started. Um, you know, she's won, I don't know, like 2,000 Grammy Awards. Um, I believe she's won an Emmy, maybe not. I don't want to do production notes right now. <laughs> but I, I just hear Will listening to this and like, if you did production notes, you would have known what she's want. I get it. But anyways. Um, um, she's well on her way to becoming an EGOT. Um, so it will not be a big surprise when that happens. Uh, um, and uh, what a lot of people are saying, oh, to the end, to what she's doing to change the narrative, sorry, got myself sidetracked there, um, is she's pulling the R. Kelly version of the song and replacing it, um, with a version she did with Christina Aguilera on The Voice. And hoping that that will change the the topic a little bit. My guess is she will win an Oscar come Oscar night, but it'll be for Shallow, a best original song, not for best actress. Um, I'm gonna go and I will be right back. And I'm back. And so this last segment is also going to be about. Daytime, and I swear to Jesus, I did not plan this. <laughs> um, I really did not plan on making this a daytime drama um, episode, but that's just, just the way things be sometimes. <laughs> 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 
that should not have cracked me up the way it did. <laughs> um, so, so, okay, let me tell you a little bit about Good Morning Drama. At various points, it has been a fiction and a nonfiction book. Um, for a while, it was going to be a f- um, the tantalizing account of the Kelly Ripa, Michael Strahan um, drama that happened. And I actually had a good chunk of it written, and then um, the program I used decided to crash, and I lost everything. Um, which obviously did not please me. Uh, and then I was like, well, maybe I should do a fictionalized account. Um, but I could never just quite settle on the plot. It was always going to revolve around a perky, blonde... Um, talk show hostess who had an issue with her co-host but I kept trying to like add in the NBC stuff and then I was going to set it behind the scenes at Today, a fictionalized version of Today um, but I just never could get it to where I thought it was believable <clears throat> um, one one show that I never thought about even though I probably should have um, basing this on is The View. Now, The View is a, a soap opera in and of itself. I, like, I have this fantasy one day of doing talk show, a fictional talk show, um, that's also very real. Like, it'll, the talk, there will be an actual talk show, an hour-long program by itself, where... The stars will appear as their characters and talk about the topics. And then you'll go into the second hour, which will be the fictionalized show where they have their, you know, where you see their story arcs and whatnot. Anyways, um, so The View has, is right for, um, a good tell-all. And, um, variety reporter Raman Setoday is releasing one come April 2nd called Ladies Who Punch, the explosive inside story of The View. Um, and in it, he talks about all the co-hosts and, you know, all the drama and everything that's happened within this, within that show. It'll, it sounds like a really good read, and I'm probably going to buy it. Um, yes, I, I mean, I read everything. I already know most of it. But, you know, these kind of books always have, like, the little details that you just don't get anywhere else. But you know who else was going to release a book on April 2nd? Elizabeth Tasselback. Now, Elizabeth, um, for those of you who don't remember, um, infamously got into a huge um, split-screen fight with Rosie O'Donnell. Um... Oh, it was a long time ago now. But anyway, so they got into this huge thing. And um, Rosie ended up leaving because of that. And Elizabeth, who was never popular, her her curating went down to the point where The View fired her. Of course they spun it, but 
um, she went over to Fox, um, Fox News, and she got fired from Fox News. How do you get fired from Fox News when you're a blonde woman conservative? That's like me walking into the gay bar and being told I'm not gay enough. It's just never going to happen. Um, uh, but all that, be that as all that might, um, she's releasing her own book, which talks about her path to celebrity, her time on Survivor, her time on The View, um, all intermixed with her faith. But her publisher got really worried. They're like, what if something comes out in this variety book? Um, and pundits are already saying, uh, girl, what are you talking about? What if? It's not what if, it's when. This shit is going to hit the fan. And so they pushed up her release date by a week. But here's what's really going to happen. Here's my prediction. They moved up her release date, but Ladies Who Punch, um, the people behind that, will capitalize on Elizabeth Hasselbeck going on the talk show circuit and then raising her profile in order to sell more books. And I promise you this, they will start leaking stories about what happened with Elizabeth herself in order to sell more books of their own. Because that's how it works. I'm, I, I'm even thinking like, hmm, can I cobble together something within the next few um, weeks and get it out? The answer is yes. The question is, will I? I don't know. I have um, <clears throat> the true crime to finish. I have the drunken awards book to write. I don't know if I'll actually have time to do it, but it is a thought in my head. And speaking of thoughts in my head, I am very sleepy. So I'm going to go. I am raising my glass to you all and saying thanks for listening and cheers.